Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. My name is Lynn Wilder. And I'm Michael Wilder. And we got a unique show today. Excuse me. (laughs) We do. We are ex-Mormon Christians united for Jesus. Find us at unveilingmormonism.com. That's unveilingmormonism.com. Recently, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So we just had our dear son do a couple episodes with us about his ministry. And now you're going to get a chance to actually hear the spoken word and the music from his piano uh, for the next um, 20 some minutes. And it's really exciting. Uh, You will love it. It is just beautiful. So grab Grab a a lemonade, a snack, (laughs) uh, some milk. Okay. And just enjoy yourself. This is going to be wonderful. Yeah, just uh, grab a Bible, sit back and pray during this beautiful music. Enjoy. Hey guys, this is Matt with the Adams Road Piano Ministry. I was interviewed by my parents the other week on this podcast, and uh, they asked me to come back and uh, share some of my piano ministry stuff with you all. All right, so I'm going to share some selections from my Teachings of Jesus ministry program that was recorded here in my home studio on my 1926 Steinway that I inherited from my own parents, and they inherited from uh, my great-grandmother, who was a concert pianist. The selections I chose will be taking us through a portion of the Sermon on the Mount, a familiar parable of Jesus, see if you can figure out which one it is, and I'll also be sharing the good news of Jesus. And hopefully you'll be able to recognize a couple of these Christian hymns. So with that said, hope you guys enjoy this as uh, we journey through God's word with piano music. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money.
Therefore, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. first-century teachings have dramatically impacted and transformed lives now for centuries. Parables, short stories used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson, were often employed in Jesus' teaching method, forming about one-third of all of his recorded teachings. Let's examine a few. Parable of the Prodigal Son was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. So he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. There he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, 
A severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, and I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a great way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now the older son was in the fields, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. So his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. He said to him, Son, you're always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to be glad and celebrate. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The parable of the prodigal son demonstrates the reality of God as a loving father desiring for us to be in a relationship with him rather than perish and as a loving father ready and willing to extend grace and lavish his love and mercy on those who come to him in humility God pursues us with a steadfast love this concept demonstrated in another parable Jesus taught parable of the lost sheep. Jesus said, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, 
does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. God's loving and relational pursuit of us is demonstrated in how he chose to save us. Romans 5.8 says, But God chose his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did for each and every one of us. Lay down his life. See then what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. That is, if we've received Jesus by faith, as the scripture teaches. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus invites and declares in the Gospel of John, he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the door. anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Holy One of God. He is the prophet who came into the world. More than that, he is the Savior of the world. The Word of God who was made flesh and dwelt among us. The true light and the only Son from the Father. The only God who is at the Father's side. He is the manifestation of God's love and our righteousness. And there is salvation in no one else. Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son, God manifested in the flesh, came down from heaven to save the world from sin and condemnation, 
and offer us eternal life because of his great love for us. Mankind's dilemma is that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death, and all sinners deserve to have their portion in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. But mankind's hope is Jesus. He offers us an escape from the wrath to come and a heavenly eternal inheritance as his adopted children. This is made possible because as a perfect sacrifice, Jesus paid in full our sin debt owed to God on the cross of Calvary nearly 2,000 years ago when he died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, was buried and was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. This is the gospel. This is the good news. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. He has the power to forgive us our sins and grant us eternal life. Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened now God's word assures us that if we ask anything according to his will then he hears us and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask then we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him you see God desires for all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth he does not wish for any to perish, but would rather that all reach repentance. If you have never called upon the name of the Lord Jesus and received him as your personal Lord and Savior, today can be the day of your salvation. Today you can be born again in spirit through faith in this good news of Jesus Christ. As an ambassador for Jesus, I urge you, be reconciled to God in Him. Believe in Jesus Christ and you have eternal life right now. Call upon the name of the Lord of Jesus and you shall be saved. If this applies to you, let us pray together. Father God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve death and hell because of my sin. I have sinned against you, God, who are holy, righteous, and just. Lord, your word also teaches that you're loving, kind, merciful, gracious, and patient, and that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life here on this earth, and then to die on a cross for my sins. Yes, for the sins of the whole world. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins in accordance with the scriptures. We're buried and we're raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And so I call upon your name, Jesus, and I ask you to save me, forgive me, grant me this free gift of eternal life that is through faith in your name. I ask you to send your Holy Spirit to dwell in me to seal me for the day of redemption and to reign over my life 
that together we might live the life that you've called me to live in glorifying your name. Thank you, God, for saving me. Today is the day of my salvation. Today, I am born again in spirit through faith in this good news of Jesus Christ. Not because of what I've done, but all because of what you've done, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Ephesians 1.13 promises, When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. And we have this assurance from 1 John 5.13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Jesus, how great thou art. Thank you. 